Welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano from Feliciano Financial Group. In this podcast, brothers and certified financial planner professionals, Jose and Jeff, explain that money is just a tool to achieve the things you want in life, a tool to make the decision to live life on purpose. They draw from years of experience to demonstrate that when your money aligns with your goals, you can live a purposeful life. Because when your vision is clear, your decision is easy. Hello and welcome to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Jose, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Glad to be with you. I am glad to be back with you. It is a new year. Jeff, are you with us? I am. Life is good. How are Life you? Life is good. I, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm excited about today's topic because I, I think this is something that I know I've thought a lot about and I've done some things about, so I'm, I think I'm ahead of the curve, hopefully. Uh, but you're going to be covering 10 common objections to estate planning. And I'm just going to softball these objections to you guys, and you guys are going to take each one of them and kind of dispel maybe the, some of the rumors and myths. Sure. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. All yes, right. Yeah, this is a to- great topic. Yeah, I, I think I think it's vitally important. So let's let's just dive right in. So we've got ten common objections to estate planning. And the first one is, look, if I write stuff down on a piece of paper, my relatives can follow instructions. Hey, give give the couch to so and so. Shouldn't that be enough? Yeah, anything's better than nothing. Uh, let me start with that. Uh, we've talked to several shows back about structure and wills and trusts and things we do to protect assets for kids and grandkids. However, at the end of the day, things uh, sometimes don't get done. And the fundamental pieces that uh, we want to have happen, we just have to make sure we get them down on paper, whether that's uh, handwriting, uh, what your wishes are. But you know, to a certain degree, there's so much more than just Johnny gets the couch, Susie gets the car, mm-hmm. uh, everything is just split 50-50. Uh, for those with young kids, we got to establish uh, guardianship issues. Uh, but there's so much more to it, not just the specific stuff, but, you know, when you look at a good overall estate plan, uh, you all you also have to uh, lay out or address, what if I don't die? Uh, so you've got the wills, uh, trusts, things of that nature, but you also have a good set of power of attorneys that come with it. Who is the person that can act on my behalf if I were to become incapacitated for financial related affairs, mm-hmm. as well as medical directives? Uh, so those are other pieces to the pie that people forget. Um, as well as a living will. If I've got an irreversible terminal condition, do I want to put that burden of the decision on one of my kids, or do I go ahead and make that decision so that way uh, it's already predetermined? Yeah, and to the point of this objection, uh, I don't think the hospital's going to take somebody's quote-unquote written word if it's not a legal document. And one thing about words, and what one thing I learned about words, words and symbols are interpretive based on your life experiences. So A lot of people interpret different words different ways based on their life experiences. And I think elaborating to make it easier for the next generation or whoever's going to probate that will Mm -hmm. or a family heir that that interprets that will, I'm telling you, it could cause a lot of problems. So I think calling time out and really put some thought to it and really explaining what you want to have done makes it a whole lot easier for the people that are left behind. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. One quick, one quick point, too, is, is also be careful. You know, they call it a holographic will, uh, and what they do is they match up uh, whoever's signing it or whoever is the person that's creating it. They match it up by the handwriting. So 
but that can get a little dicey at times. Hmm. Uh, if it were me, I'd just say call timeout, uh, see a legal professional, uh, and get it get it done. Yeah. The, the legal way, absolutely, because there's got to be a lot less arguing. I would hope uh, with, with that. Well, let me say this: route. you only got you only die one time, as far as I know. <laughs> I hope I hope that's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, All right. Maybe so you got, maybe you have nine lives. I'm not sure. Maybe. All right. So the next objection uh, is 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 a, is one I think is out there a lot, and that's hey, I already made a will. I'm, 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 when my kids were born, I made a will. Yes, they're 30 now, uh, but, you know, so that was 25, 28 years ago. But I've got a will. It's so important to update your will. I mean, I'm just as guilty, even though I'm in the business. I've known a lot of attorneys that do produce wills themselves, and they don't have a will themselves. And Mm. my point is it it does take time. you got to think it through because as time evolves, you don't realize how much stuff and things you accumulate over the years. And uh, what you really want to have happen and – you got different situations. You got child A that can handle the money. You got child B that they'll run through that money in three months. Um, uh, you really have to think through it. And of course, things change. You can have grandkids uh, as time goes on. You have divorces. I've mm-hmm. seen ex-wives on the uh, beneficiaries. Uh, matter of fact, I've seen uh, ex-wives on on the will, and uh, it causes a lot of problems in the family. And I think that if you want to make your next generation or the people that you care about's lives easier, call time out and really think through uh, and update your will. Because we've seen a lot of wills that hadn't been updated 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Eric, if you think about all the wealth that's been created really in the stock market and with real estate over the last five, 10 years, it's not uncommon that uh, when we created that will a long time ago, it was things were pretty simple. They mm-hmm. were a lot simpler. Kids were little, uh, maybe we're just starting out in a business or a career. But, you know, if you take a look at your 401k and, and your real estate, your property, and you've been fortunate to make the right decisions and accumulate wealth, then it maybe is a little more complex. Uh, maybe we take it a step further and not just split everything between Johnny and Susie. Maybe we put some structure to it and have it just kind of spread out over time or in a trust to protect it from creditors or lawsuits or divorces. Mm-hmm. Or There's just there's a lot to think through that uh, just if I can encourage you to not take it for granted. And um, if nothing's changed, great, uh, but at least take it into consideration. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, objection number three is what if I don't have a family? If I don't have a family, I don't need an estate plan or a will. Well, you know, as, as we just talked about, and at the point Jeff just made that, that things do change. But, you know, just imagine you not passing away and you became incapacitated. Well, who's going to handle your finances? Who's going to handle your health care? Who do you want to have make the decisions? We've seen couples where, you know, they're not married and uh, they've been living together for 10 20 years and the person that they're living with cannot make any decisions for their health care for the person that they've been living with because they don't have a Mm -hmm. will and didn't give instruction it could become a big mess and so it's not just about having stuff and things it's about who do you want to be in charge of your life uh, whether you don't have family members somebody's got to make the decision where do you want to be buried Uh, how do you want to be buried who do you want at your funeral what do you want to have happen at your funeral and uh, so it's it just makes it easier for the people that you love or care about to uh, execute something that you never plan on dying, but we're all going to die one day. Mm-hmm. So uh, you just got to take that uh, step to um, uh, everybody needs instruction of what they want to happen with his or her life. Yeah. yeah, and consider, and you may consider, 
you know, you may not have a wife and kids. Uh, maybe you don't have any family. I mean, we see that at times. But, you know, it'd be hard-pressed to go through life as a, a 40, 50, 60, 70, 80-year-old and not have something that's important to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if there are no kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews or family members, then, you know, maybe you give it to the church. Maybe you find a charity of choice. Uh, maybe you give it to one of your best friends, uh, people that had an impact or organizations that had an impact on your life and that are important to you. Um, at least direct it uh, and you're making the decision, not let the state decide where the money goes. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to throw in something here is, you take my situation, I, I can only share that with my experience, and both of our parents are deaf mutes, and I was 19 years old, started to work. I had, you know, the brother and sister to take care of. I had my mother to take care of. I mean, I had a family, but it wasn't my immediate family, but I knew if something was going to happen to me, I wanted to give instruction of what would happen to my brother mm-hmm. and sister, and if something happened to me, I want to make sure my mom was taken care of. So everybody's in different situations, so you can't assume that uh, – uh, you have to have a family to have a will. Got it. Yeah, very important. All right. Objection number four. Uh, this is for a married couple. If I die, my spouse is going to get everything anyway. Yeah. So depending on what state you're in, uh, it is something to check into. Uh, there's some states that half the estate will go to the surviving spouse. The other half will go to the kids. Uh, so make sure that um, mm. you check into it. Uh, at the end of the day, there's certain assets that will go to a named beneficiary um, and avoid probate. That's anything related to retirement plans, life insurance, annuities, IRAs, Roth IRAs. So those, regardless of what the will says, if your beneficiary designations are very specific, it will go straight to them. So the will will direct everything else, maybe the house, the cars, the miscellaneous stuff. Uh, But it is definitely something to check into and not assume. Yeah. Well, number five is is something I think a lot of people struggle with. Uh, The fifth objection is not wanting to talk about it at all. Well, here's the thing. I mean, how selfish is that, actually? Uh, When I say that, do you want to talk about it at all? Think about something happens to you right now, and you're gone. I mean, I just had a discussion last, actually, two, three days ago with my wife, just making sure that she knew where all my passwords were, and I Mm -hmm. knew where hers were. Because just imagine nobody can get into your phone. Nobody can get into certain accounts, uh, and they can't find out information just to even get pictures at, at a funeral. And uh, I think talking about it is is so important uh, to share what you want to have happen uh, in the event that that happens to you. Because one thing for sure, it's one-to-one odds that we all will die. So I think talking to your parents, uh, talking to your kids— your brothers and sisters, I think, I don't. It's not like you want to talk about it all the time, but people that you trust as a trustee, who do you want to execute your will if something was to happen to you? Uh, if you really want to make other people's lives easier, you have to talk about it and bring it up and get others to talk about their situation, so you're aware of that. I think it's a two-way street, and I think that if everybody talks about what their wishes are. Uh, and what they would like to see done. I think it's going to enhance a family and not divide families. I've seen situations like this tear up families and people come out of the woodworks. Uh, it's Especially just, when there's it, money. like Yeah, it's really, it's really it's an ugly thing. And just over the little things, it's not even the big things. So 
I think that you have to talk about it and you got to call time out. It's time to take responsibility and say, look, because somebody's got to bury you and somebody's got to go through the funeral arrangements. If you become incapacitated, somebody's got to talk to the hospitals and the doctors. Somebody's got to talk to the uh, nursing homes. Somebody's got to handle the bank accounts. And all those decisions have to be made. And it's like throwing people into the twilight zone when someone passes away. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just so important to have that discussion for the benefit of everybody and you'll also feel better that you've been heard and understood and you'll also realize during that process what what was really important to you in your lives and how many people really affected you we just are in denial sometimes and we just don't stop and think about it but i think that that not wanting to talk about it is kind of a, a chicken way out uh, to me yeah let me let me add to that i think there's there's two two parts to that i think one most of the older generation um, it's not uncommon that uh, one, either the man or the woman, but mostly the men kind of take care of the finances. Uh, I see that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but I had two situations this last quarter that uh, really made a big impact. Uh, both husband passed away. Uh, one situation, husband passed away. Uh, wife really didn't know where everything was, what was going on. Uh, there was just accounts and insurance policies and real estate just spread out. And it was a tough time for her. I, I saw it up close. I really felt uh, for her because she came in with stacks of stuff. Mm -hmm. And for someone to not know and have the security of knowing exactly what we own, how it works, what accounts, just the fear of making a mistake. Uh, it was a very tough situation because it was. It was a mess, and we had to work through a stack of stuff to, one, just get organized, and, 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 and how do we make our way through it? So if I can encourage people to maybe get your ducks in a row, sit down with your spouse, sit down with one of your kids, just make sure somebody knows, hey, here's where everything is, Here's what it's worth. Here's how it works. If something happens, here's my instructions. Uh, it just makes the whole process a lot smoother. Um, so if I can encourage someone to do that, I think that would be that would be great. All right. Before I jump into these next two, I'm going to combine the next two, actually. But before I do that, I am going to let the audience know we're going to give some contact information out at the end of this podcast, as we usually do. Uh, but Jose and Jeff, I know that you guys have helped people facilitate that conversation, have that conversation. That's something that you guys tackle uh, within your practice because, like you said, it, it's very, very important. So I just want to put that, uh, plant that seed for the audience so they know that this information is coming and they can reach out to you and your team to help maybe start that conversation with their loved ones. Uh, but the next two objections are it's too expensive, which I thought that a lot when I was younger. Like when you first start working, boy, I, making a will and doing all this planning, it's got to be expensive. So that's one objection. And then it's too much. It takes too much time. It's a very time-consuming process. What do you guys say about that? Yeah, I'm going to take those in reverse order. Um, yeah, it does take some time. I mean, you've, you've got to just think it through. All right, if something happens to me, what do I want to have happen? If something happens to my wife, what do I want to have happen uh, do I want everything to go to the kids or do I want it spread out over a period of time? Uh, but, you know, that does take a little bit of thought, mm -hmm. um, but it's not as time consuming as you would think it is. Maybe it's an hour. Uh, maybe it's a couple of hours to meet with an attorney or, or get online or just kind of think that through. But, you know, it's definitely worth the time. Um, it's one of those important, but maybe not urgent, uh, but uh, needs to be done. Um, I think there's also a little bit of a misconception of how expensive it is. Um, 
of course, Tyler or East Texas is different than, you know, other parts of, of the state and other parts of the country. But even a simple will to get done, uh, there's websites, uh, LegalZoom.com, that you can even go to to create a, a, uh, a will, uh, create a set of power of attorneys. And you could probably save a little bit of money there. I think a will package with the power of attorneys for a husband and wife, you could probably get it done for two or $300 online. Uh, if you pay an attorney uh, and meet with an attorney to get your wills in, in done, uh, then it may be somewhere in that five, six hundred, maybe eight hundred dollar range. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you need to create a living trust or something a little bit more complicated, then sometimes it may be in the fifteen hundred, two thousand range. Uh, but every situation is different depending on what assets look like, the complexity of business interests and royalties and and what have you, but uh, it's not as expensive as people think. Um, And it can be done either online or with a professional, Um, but just too important not to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, oh, go ahead, Jose, I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna, I was just gonna add to that, that expensive to set up, but I think it's more expensive after the fact, Mm -hmm. uh, because if you have inner fighting within families, then you have lawsuits. And I know I come across passionate about it, but I guess if with this podcast, if I could just get people to take action for the benefit of their families, and that's my whole purpose of this is. And But the thing is, it's a lot more expensive when you don't have a plan in order than it is to really think through, like Jeff said, an hour uh, and just going through with a, with, through a process with some attorneys and with the people that you know that could uh, help you organize your thoughts so you can get what you want to get done done and mm-hmm. uh, i just think that it really costs a lot more money if you think about the process of people trying to interpret the will interpret or interpret what they think you want to have done just to make a decision do you want to be buried or cremated that's a big decision for a family to take mm-hmm. and it sure would be a whole lot easier if it was your decision yeah yeah you and i are on the same on the same track there i was thinking the exact same thing uh, also it's going to take a whole lot more time for your family to weed through stuff. Like you said, Jeff, the, the lady that brought in boxes and boxes and boxes of paperwork, it's going to take so much time to go through it because it wasn't organized to begin with. So I think you're going to save your family time and you're going to save them money by just doing some advanced planning. All right. I, and this next one just cracks me up because my father-in-law has said this. I don't know how many times, uh, a common objection. If I'm dead, why should I care? <laughs> I'm gone. Yeah, that's, you know, and, and I understand that. People's got their paradigm and they go through life and they worked real hard to take care of their families and they just don't want to really think about it. And like they said, you know, I'm, uh, why should I care? But you have no idea the impact that you have. Mm-hmm. A, if you were the money, if you were the decision maker, imagine you being gone, your spouse will be in the twilight zone, not knowing what to do and where to go. Or you're now single and you just got a divorce and, You've got several kids that are, some are in town and some are out of town. How do they communicate about what you want when maybe one child you haven't seen in 10 years, another one five, and the other one's been working with you for the last five? I mean, everybody's in, it's such a complicated situation that I think that you just can't have that attitude. You just got to step up, Mm -hmm. make the decision what you want to have happen, and everybody around you that you care about, because if, if you didn't have people to, were around you that you cared about, then why would you even work? Why don't you just go ahead and 
keep your expenses way, way, way down. And why work? For, you're working for something, and you're working for somebody, mm-hmm. and you want to make somebody's life easier. And uh, if you're going to be in that situation, you should care about what happens after you're gone. Yeah. All right. Number nine. Ninth objection is this: thinking you don't have enough to justify having a will. Well, there's a lot more than, like I said, I guess I'm reiterating again uh, to justify not having a will. Somebody's got to make those decisions mm-hmm. where you get buried, you know, what kind of funeral you want to have. Yeah. So no, no matter how much money you've got, you've it got to you know, think matter. about those other pieces, right? Yeah. Partners that you have, who do you want to have decide? I've seen parents at odds with their, uh, their mate that they had for 10, 20, 30 years and the parents step in to make the decisions when they had even don't have a really close relationship with their child. So mm. it's just, I keep going back to the complication that no one's in one. It's not, a, it's just not a straight process. It's, it's a complicated situation because you wish everybody would just go real quick, but it doesn't work that way. People yeah. can become a capacitated. People have, have a coma. All right. Number 10, we're, we're at, about to wrap this podcast up. And I, I know that most of us think this when we're younger. I'm not going to die anytime soon, so why why do I need estate planning? You know, that may be true, uh, but I tell you what, uh, when it's our time, it's our time. You know, I, I've seen it happen, uh, especially over the last, uh, not just couple of years, but with friends and, and distant family, you know, you see it happen to the best of them, uh, whether we're in our 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, or within our 30s and 40s. Um, at the end of the day, it, hopefully it's true for you, uh, but uh, calling time out, getting it done, uh, there's nothing negative to it. Uh, so why not just get your ducks in a row, make sure that uh, what you've built, what you save for, the things you've accumulated, and the people around you that you care about, that uh, you just have clear instructions. Um, it's not a difficult process. It's just a matter of getting it done. So um, it's that important. And I would say, to add to that, if you're a grandparent, I think if you could op- open up discussions with your children uh, on these topics, I think they have probably a lot to share with you. I think the older, if you're the oldest in, in your family, I would think that if you could bring up the topic, you'll create a safe place for other people to bring up and talk about things that are important in their lives. And uh, even, you know, and then, of course, if you're a parent, have that discussion with your grandkids, I mean, your kids. It always seems like kids can really handle it better because they deal with what is. And um, I think that uh, if we can create that safe environment that we could talk about uh, this topic, I think that uh, it'll save the family a lot of money in the long run. And it'll keep a lot of families together, which uh, that's the thing that hurts me the most is seeing people split up and never talk to each other again. Mm-hmm. And it could have been handled by somebody just taking the responsibility and just laying out exactly what they would like to be done for the benefit of the people they care about them. Yeah, absolutely. Or All right, guys, the people well, they I, care about. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that this is you know obviously vitally important. And I said halfway through this that you guys are going to get some give some contact information because you have resources and you've helped families walk through this before. Um, and you, I know that you deal with these objections on the phone and in person when people are, are you know, trying to feel it out. Um, so how do people get a hold of you and what's the best way? And one thing before I, we go there, that reason why we wanted to have, you know, have this topic about estate planning, people do look at investments and look at insurance and, and all these other areas. 
but tying it all together is very important because you're saving for the future so you can have a great life that you had set for yourself but you have to play the what ifs and you know what if you become disabled what if you pass away what if you you know have to go to the hospital for for whatever health reasons those are things that can affect the game plan so it's important to have that and i think in our year reviews estate planning is very important that we touch on the topics and making sure that that game plan is still in place but i think combining your estate planning with your investment planning is a wise thing to do mm -hmm. because i've seen it where it can split families so to answer your question how do you, can you get a hold of us it's uh felicianofinancial.com you can call our toll-free number 1-800-436-1213 if you're out of texas and if you're in Texas local, it's 903-533-8585. And we do have some sections in the website on, on estate planning and why it's important. Uh, and if you need a worksheet to go through and what you want to have done, you know, just give us a call. Perfect. Guys, thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Live life on purpose. All right. And our last thank you, of course, goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Live Life on Purpose podcast with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when the guys come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And this is a good one to share because this will start that conversation. Again, thank you for listening today. For everyone at Feliciano Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live life on purpose. Thank you for listening to Live Life on Purpose with Jose and Jeff Feliciano. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Feliciano Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.